the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Um, uh, I am your host, Al Fadi, and um, if you're joining us right now, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of our show, Let Us Reason. And uh, today, uh, we are going to uh, uh, basically uh, take a different uh, direction with our discussion, but it will be uh, something that we'll build in on uh, what we have co- uh, basically discussed in the last few weeks, and especially the uh, the interview that we recently had with um, uh, uh, one of our uh, dear friends, um, Bill Warner, who has his own uh, uh, basically uh, ministry called the Center for Political Islam. And um, if you uh, wanted to hear those uh, two interviews that we've done with him, just uh, you can go to the prior two weeks and you can get a gist of um, what he does and some of the products that he uh, have published and the website and also his views mainly on political Islam. With that in mind, today we are going to focus a little bit more on what we hear a lot in the media known as moderate Islam. And uh, the question that we have before us here is this. Is there such a thing as moderate Muslim and moderate Islam. What is the difference, if you wish, between moderate Islam and real Islam and a moderate Muslim and, let's say, a fundamentalist or someone we call orthodox or radical Muslim, for instance? Um, Are they one and the same? Or if you ask each one of them, are they both going to give you different answers about their views concerning their own faith? Now, I'm going to start with my own, um, basically, background, where I grew up as a a, a follower of the real Islam, Orthodox Islam. You could have called me a radical Muslim at some point in my life, simply because I wanted to do everything the right way according to the teaching of the Quran and the teaching of the Prophet of Islam and the interpretation of the Islamic scholars that date all the way back to the days uh, of the Prophet and soon after. So, from my perspective, there is only one Islam and there are no variations of it. And therefore, anyone who likes to deviate from the true teachings of the Quran or the Prophet or the interpretation of his companions and the Islamic scholars, I would have told you that those Muslims are not following real Islam. Now, uh, this is a view that uh, is consistent when it comes to the so-called radical or fundamentalist Muslims, that they view anyone who uh, deviates away from the interpretation of the 
uh, Quran or, or the Prophet of Islam as Muslims uh, that are not following the true path. In fact, uh, some will go as far as like ISIS or Al-Qaeda to claim that those are no Muslims at all. In other words, like heretical Muslims, if you wish. Well, if you ask the moderate Muslim side of uh, of the uh, aisle, they will tell you, well, uh, no, uh, you know, Islam is a religion that is subject to interpretation and reinterpretation and modification based on times. And at the same time, some of them would argue that the radicals are really hijacking Islam as a religion and they're reinterpreting uh, the teaching of the Quran and the teaching of the Prophet of Islam according to their own desires. However, a simple research in the history of Islam for the last 14 centuries will reveal to us that the radical fundamentalist Muslims are actually consistent in their view and interpretation if we take it all the way back to day one since Islam started it. It's the moderate Muslims that will have a problem trying to convince the rest of the Muslims, or the radicals at least, that their view of Islam is the most orthodoxy of uh, Islam uh, in general. The other problem also that um, uh, we must really address is this idea that there is a moderate Islam. In order to have a moderate Islam, it's really what you're saying is you want to reinterpret Islam or at least change Islam. I mean, if we look at the definition of just a moderate, a moderate is someone who becomes less extreme, less intense, less rigorous, less violent. Well, less from what? So obviously there is something that you started with and then you become modern from there. You begin to make changes from there. So even the moderate Muslim argument is a proof that radical Islam did exist at some point, and now there is a shift in interpretation. So that could be problematic uh, if you look at a religion uh, as Islam that always views itself as one Islam. I mean, in the last couple of episodes, uh, if you were listening to some of the video clips that we were sharing with you uh, regarding a panel, that a panel discussion, I should say, between uh, two sides, uh, the Christian side and moderate Muslim sides, you would have heard a variety of opinions from the moderate Muslim sides about what is Islam and what are the values of Islam. And one of them even went as far as saying there are so many, uh, uh, there is so many views of Islam as there are so many Muslims. In other words, if I want to interpret what uh, this person says, since we have 1.5 billion Muslims, one would expect that there is 1.5 billion uh, ways to interpret Islam. And if that's the case, then we will have a problem. Because now, which form of Islam are we going to basically follow? Is it the form of the radicals? or the form of the nominals, or the form of the moderate, and so on and so forth. So uh, uh, this is a question that demands an answer, really, uh, from among the Muslim community, of course. In fact, if you look at the definition of nominal, for instance, and you hear a lot that there's cultural nominal Muslims, and we really, in the West, build our opinions about Islam based on my friend who is a Muslim. With all due respect, you know, I'm, I'm really excited that there is a lot of Muslims, of course, that are not following what the radical Muslims are doing. That's great. But still, at the end of the day, the, radical, uh, the, the nominal Muslim or the moderate Muslim 
do not represent the true uh, Islam. And we have to be careful how we are going to uh, basically view Islam as an ideology versus viewing the people who follow it. It is always good that the majority of Muslims, and I would uh, attest that you will find a lot of them in the millions, I would agree with you that Islam should not really do the things that the radicals are doing. But the question is, can these millions of cultural, nominal, or moderate Muslims stand up against this minority radicals and fight the fight to, uh, let's say, polish the image of the Islam that they are promoting, meaning the moderate is promoting? The answer to that will be so quick. How often have you seen any of this happening? When was the last time you've seen a group of moderate Muslims taking on the airwaves, appearing on the CNN and the Fox News and the likes to try to defend Islam, who are basically drawing the line for the radical, who are really uh, putting the radicals in the corner and saying that's not what Islam is. How often do you have you seen this? In fact, you probably can count in your uh, one hand, maybe, uh, how many times a moderate Muslim appeared on TV or radio and tried to convince the majority of the Western society and even his own people uh, that his view represent uh, moderate Islam, uh, represent real Islam. So this is the topic that we are going to uh, be discussing today. And uh, in a helpful way, of course, we are going to um, uh, utilize, as always, some clips that will present views from both sides, the Muslim side and also uh, the uh, Western side uh, or sometimes the, um, uh, the Christian side. Um, nevertheless, uh, the point behind that is to allow you firsthand to hear how Muslims think of Islam uh, among their own. And, and let me just uh, um, reiterate something that I started saying. Uh, if we look at the definition of a nominal Muslim, we realize quickly that the definition of a nominal in general means that someone who exists in name only, someone uh, who is be, uh, far below the real value of um, you know whatever they represent. So uh, in this case, uh, if you hear nominal Muslim or moderate Muslim, you need to realize that those are basically uh, uh, descriptions that were given to a group of people that do not typically represent the reality of the ideology or of the faith, in this case, known as Islam. With that in mind, I would like for us uh, to, uh, since I interviewed uh, uh, you know, Bill Warner in the last two shows, I would like to start with a uh, little four-minute video. Uh, uh, obviously, you'll hear the audio uh, clip of that video that Bill himself put together, and he called it, um, Is Moderate Islam the Same as Real Islam? And uh, we will have this video also uh, on our social media sites, uh, basically Facebook, and at the same time we'll have it also promoted through um, uh, uh, the other venues that we've been promoting the show through, like Twitter and also uh, SoundCloud. Uh, Let's listen to clip number one. Modern Islam is a term that we hear in the media. And I would like to talk to you a little bit about it because it turns out there's no such thing, but it does sound nice. I recently, in my trip to Europe, was in the Balkans and I went to Kosovo. Now, Kosovo is an Islamic nation. 
Soon after we got there, I said, I'm hungry, let's have lunch. So we stopped at a restaurant and I had pizza. I had pizza with ham on it. And I looked, there's a bar with whiskey and beer. You can buy lottery tickets and I'm going, hmm, this is not what I expected. So we went under the Capitol, an attractive place, and the same was true there. Every restaurant had a bar. You could order lottery tickets. You could have pork. And I'm like, this is very puzzling to me. This is not at all what I expected. There were no burkas on the streets. And so I asked the person who I was with, who was a Christian who had lived in Kosovo, and he said, oh, these people call themselves Muslim because they had a grandparent who was Muslim. Says they never go to the mosque, they don't fast during Ramadan, and yes, they eat pork and none of their women are covered, even wear a hijab. So I thought to myself, hmm, this is what they call moderation. But notice here, moderation means not obeying the Sharia. Moderation means it's not Islam. There is no way to eat pork and be moderate. There's no way to gamble and be moderate. There's no way to not go to the mosque and be moderate. What we call moderate Islam is no Islam, no Sharia. So, how do we achieve a moderate Islam even thinking about it? Consider this. Islam is the doctrine found in the Quran, the Sirah, the life of Muhammad, and the Hadith, the traditions. That is the Islamic doctrine. That is Islam. How do you change something that's perfect, eternal, universal, and complete? You don't. You cannot improve perfection. You cannot improve any of these things. And if it's eternal, how do you change it? No, Islam cannot be changed. It can just be ignored. We just don't do that. So that's the moderation that we have in Kosovo. The only way to moderate Islam is simply not to have Islam. Because Islam itself cannot be changed. By the way, if you think, well, See, this is still good. They call Islam no Islam, and everybody's happy. I asked him about the mosque. He said, well, most of the mosques have an old imam, and no one goes there. But he said there's a new kind of mosque in town. It's a Wahhabi mosque, and it's put here by the Saudis. And there you see everything which you think Islam is. And he said, by the way, these 5% mosques, which are built by the Wahhabis, are filled on Friday with young people. He said they fill to the sidewalks and go out into the street. So, real Islam is coming to the land of moderate Islam. And who will triumph? The real Islam will triumph. Because you see, they can always point to the truth of the Sharia, the truth of the Quran, and say, see, you can't have pork. And no, you can't sell those lottery tickets either. Because that is the real Islam. And the real Islam is not moderate. It is what it is, Islam. It's not extreme, it's not moderate, it's simply Islam. Thank you. Well, I think uh, it's very clear what Bill was talking about, and he illustrated it by giving you a real example from a real so-called nominal Islamic nation. And as he mentioned towards the middle of this video clip, that if you want to uh, study real Islam, you don't go to the Muslim person. You go to the sources of Islam. That is the Quran, the word of the God of Islam, the Hadith, the teaching and the word of the Prophet of Islam, the Sunnah, the traditions 
of the Prophet and his companions and early Muslims. This is how you learn about Islam, and this is why the minority fundamentalists who are masters of this school of real Islam inflect basically their influence on a majority nominal and moderate Muslims. And he illustrated that by saying that the Salafi movement, he called it the Wahhabi, basically, is making headways in the land of the majority moderates, even though right now they appear to be the Salafis, I should say, the radical Muslims, some call them, which is actually they're just the Puritan Muslims. They are taking Islam back to its roots. I don't know why we call them radicals. Uh, radical in the sense that they are taking fundamental, uh, taking Islam back to its roots, to its fundamentals, uh, basically. So the so-called Salafi Muslims are the ones that are considered to be around 5% uh, in the area where he was in Eastern Europe. The 5 percenters are the ones who are influencing the 95 percenters. And their mosques are the mosques that are being filled by the searchers and the seekers of how they follow real Islam. And from there, you will begin to see the transformation now to the point that some will, without a doubt, become what we call today the radicalized, and those radicalized become the future jihadis and fighters. Why? Because they finally understood what Islam is all about as an ideology and what is expected of them. Well, I want to prove my point by having this clip um, uh, also that was done by a Muslim in a, uh, in a basically in a forum asking the Muslim audience basically to tell everybody who is watching that video if there is a difference between the Islam of the moderates and the Islam of the radicals. Let's listen to clip number two. Can we have this camera focusing on all the audience? Because... Every now and then, every time we have a conference, every time we invite a speaker, they always can come with the same accusations. This speaker supports death penalty for homosexuals. This speaker supports death penalty for this crime or this crime or that. He is homophobic. He, they subjugate women, etc., etc., etc. It's the same old stuff coming all the time. And we always try to tell them, I always try to tell them that, look, it's not that speaker that we're inviting who has these extreme radical views, as you say. These are general views that every Muslim actually has. Every Muslim believes in these things. Just because they're not telling you about it, or just because they're not out there in the media doesn't mean they don't believe in them. So I will ask you, Everyone in the room, how many of you are normal Muslims? You're not extremists, you're not radical, just normal Sunni Muslims. Please raise your hands. Everybody, mashaAllah, subhanAllah. Okay, take down your hands again. How many of you agree that men and women should sit separate? Please raise your hands. Everyone agree. Everyone agree. Brothers and sisters. Subhanallah. So, so it's not just these radical sheikhs then. Allahu Akbar. Next question. How many of you agree that the 
punishments described in the Quran and the Sunnah, whether it is death, whether it is stoning for adultery, whatever it is, if it is from Allah and His Messenger, that is the best punishment ever possible for humankind. And that is what we should apply in the world. Who, who agrees with that? Allahu Akbar. Are you all the radical extremists? Subhanallah. So all of you are saying that you are common Muslims. You all go to the different massages, no way. Or is it, are you like a specific sect, like the Islam net sect or anything like that? Are you like that? No. Is it, are you like that? Please raise, your, please raise your hand if you like this extreme Islam net sect or anything like that. No one. Allahu Akbar. How many of you just go to these normal masajids in Norway, the normal Sunni mosques? Please raise your hands. Allahu Akbar. So what's, what's the politicians going to say now? What's the media going to say now? That we're all extremists? We're all radicals? We need to deport all of us from this country? Subhanallah. Allahu Akbar. Takbir! 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 May we have the next question, please? I think this uh, Muslim moderator, who was uh, one of the leaders um, in that video, made it very clear. When it comes to the values of Islam as an ideology, as a religion, there is really no difference between what we call moderate Muslim and what the media calls extreme Muslims or extremists. They're one and the same. They believe in the same things. They are willing to support the same values. And one is active and one is passive. That's the only difference. Therefore, we need to really understand when we are reaching out to Muslims that we still speak to the heart of the matter. A moderate Muslim, a nominal Muslim, and an extremist Muslim, they all need Christ. No difference between them. Just that there is no difference between how they view their own faith and values. Therefore, we shouldn't really pick and choose who are we going to reach out to, who are we going to pray for, who are we going to support, and so on and so forth in terms of reaching out to these uh, groups of Muslims. And uh, in fact, I, I would really encourage all of us to always be praying for the so-called radicals, fundamentalists, because they need Christ as desperately as the nominal Muslim needs. And we should really not take the approach of loving our Muslim people all the way to hell by not sharing the truth of the gospel with them, because only the gospel saves, only the gospel that has the power of God for salvation. And therefore, we should really make sure that in our own mind, it doesn't really matter what background this person I'm dealing with comes from. It's good to hear how they think, but at the end of the day, uh, we should really always emphasize on the issue of the heart itself. Now, maybe their background or their thinking could be helpful to you in taking an approach different than the other, but nevertheless, um, uh, whether they are moderate, whether they are nominals, whether they are radicals, you still need to reason with them one way or another. Now, the approach might be different periodically, of course. If someone is a nominal, doesn't know anything about Islam, you may have to really work around that and see 
how you can convince him and compare and contrast with them why Jesus is needed versus the system that Islam teaches, even if they are oblivious to that teaching in Islam. Uh, but a radical would know more about their teaching, of course, uh, fundamentalists, I should say, because they know the values and the fundamentals uh, they're standing on. Well, we're approaching the end of our uh, episode this time. Next week, we will continue this discussion about moderate Islam versus real Islam or versus Islam or versus orthodox Islam. And we will continue to explore uh, the this myth of moderation of Islam and how the West really is falling behind the wheel when it consists consistently misleads itself and its audience uh, through media and many other uh, forums that the idea of moderation of Islam does exist. Until we meet again, uh, I'm your host, Al-Fadi. Hope uh, uh, to hear from you through our email, uh, ministries at gmail.com. And you can also connect with us, of course, via our um, Facebook, uh, which is uh, Let Us Reason Radio. Until we meet again, have a blessed week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.